This is Ari Koretsky and welcome to Jews You Should Know, introducing the broader community to interesting and inspiring Jewish men and women making a difference in our world. Some are already famous, some not yet so, but each is a Jew you should know. This week in the spirit of the month of Adar, which at release date has just begun here in mid-February 2018, Adar being the month of the Jewish calendar in which the holiday of Purim falls out, Purim being the most joyous holiday on the Jewish calendar, I thought I would present a guest who, to my mind, is one of the most humorous and entertaining purveyors of Jewish content today. And that is Rabbi Gavriel Friedman. Rav Gav, as he's known, is a good friend of mine. And I think you'll note that this interview style is a little bit different, a little lighter and breezier than some of the others. But I think you'll really enjoy how his brilliantly comedic personality comes across, as does his passion for Judaism and for connecting Judaism to the Jewish people. Just a quick note of introduction, because it's not explained fully in our interview. Rav Gav, as he's known has been teaching for the last 12 years or so at an institution called Asha Torah. Asha Torah is located in the old city of Jerusalem. For those unfamiliar, essentially it is a yeshiva, a place of study geared towards students of the widest ranging backgrounds, primarily those who did not grow up with a substantial Jewish education. And so you'll hear him reference very much what he's doing nowadays and how he's trying to bring Jewish heritage to this wide spectrum of Jews in Asia Torah. And without further ado, we are here with Rabbi Gavriel Friedman, the eponymous Rav Gav. How you doing, Rabbi? Thank the good Lord. Baruch Hashem, excellent. Alhamdulillah. Doing very good. Thank God. Thank God. I'm glad you covered many languages there for all potential listeners. So I appreciate that uh, inclusivity. <laughs> you got it. Okay, so Rabbi, you are live in Jerusalem. I am not in Jerusalem. I am in Maryland, but very excited to be schmoozing and want to just get a little sense of your background. Of course, I want to explore what you do nowadays as a teacher and how you employ wonderful entertainment and humor into your teaching presentations. But where did it all start? Where did you come from? What is the background for the great Rob Gov? Okay, so it all started one summer, I don't know if it was night or day, but uh, I was born in a, the beautiful, picturesque Mount Sinai Hospital in Manhattan. But uh, I mean, there's, uh, we moved around a lot, so it's, uh, let's get to the part that's relevant. We actually did a short stint in Maryland nice. for uh, gosh, three years, I think. Sweet. Born in Manhattan, lived in Brooklyn, moved to Maryland. Moved to Passaic, New Jersey, and finally we moved to Woodmere, New York. So it's essentially, my father's a convict, and so essentially we. Uh, <laughs> this doesn't go to it, does it? Anyway, so <laughs> essentially, I uh, I grew up in a place called Woodmere, New York. Five towns. Went to a school called Hebrew Academy of Long Beach. Halb made my way to Davis Rent of Sally Shiva High School for boys, and yeah, that's that's where it all started. I mean, I can tell you the quick rundown until today if you're interested. But yeah, let's not, do it. Okay, then let's do it. So, like we said, Woodman, New York, Hal, DRS, went to Eretz Yisrael, to the Holy Land, was in a yeshiva called Oryu Shalayim, OJ. After that, spent a short stint in Lander College for Men, that'd be six months in the base medrash there, in the study hall. After that, back to yeshiva, Taurus Moshe, beautiful, beautiful yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael, was there for three years. And then I started teaching in a number of different yeshivas until finally made my way to Eish HaTorah, 
where I've been there now since July 2nd, 2006, thank the good Lord. So 11 and a half years plus, thank God. Yeah, that's, that's what we got. July yeah. 2nd, is that, is that, that's the anniversary date, huh? July 2nd, 2006. That's it. Wow. I remember it like it was 11 and a half years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what, what brought you there? I mean, like we just uh, kind of walk in the streets of Jerusalem and, you know, in the old uh, city, one of those Messiah guys. And I was, got- uh, yeah, not one of the Messiah guys. I am the Messiah. We discussed this. But, uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay, my disciple. But I, I, was, I was studying in a kolel, the programmer once sits and studies Torah the whole day. I had no plans of being involved in what I'm doing now. I was going to be a teacher. I thought I'd go into teaching in some uh, capacity. Eishat Torah was not on the uh, screen because I had never heard of Eishat Torah. So I didn't even know it existed. But uh, it's a long story. But the long story short is that uh, I had a cousin who was working in Eishat Torah who recommended I meet with somebody there. And the whole thing was an accident. If I would have known what I was getting myself into, I never would have done it. Not now, saying that retrospect, <laughs> then. Now I'm happy. I'm, I'm Should thrilled. I cut that before you made the disclaimer? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> there goes my job. Uh, but, but I'll tell you that, um, meaning at the time it was a mistake. I didn't even know what was going on. wasn't interested at all. But uh, whatever. One thing what, was mis- the- what about it was a mistake? When I was 17, I cared about the Jewish people. When I got older, I started saying, you know what, it's nice, but let's just, let's just learn Torah. And when I found out what Eishat Torah was, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a very awkward moment. I met with a, a fellow named Rabbi Jamie Cowland, who was uh, my entrance into Eishat Torah. I'm, I'm learning in Kolel, you understand? Again, I didn't, get, I didn't get the outreach thing at all. And I sit down in his office, and he says, he's English, you know, he says... Uh, so we've got Manchester, and we've got Fallowfield, and we've got Leeds, and we've got ourselves, uh, no, what's that place? Uh, come on. Oh, gosh. Oh, Madison, Wisconsin. And we've got, like, and he starts on a whole, you probably know the Madison gig. I don't know if you know the Madison gig. <laughs> I don't know Leeds. I know Madison. <laughs> Whatever. Madison was a whole story. Anyway, so, so, and I'm like, what does that mean you've got? Like, what do you mean you got? What, what do you got? You know? I'm like, do you have any like 10th grade modern Orthodox kids I can teach? You know, because that was like what I was looking for, like to teach like yeshiva kids, you know? He's like, this is Isha Torah, man. So I said, so do you have any 10th grade modern Orthodox kids? And that, that's, that's, that was my intro. And the whole thing, the funny, I was just speaking with him yesterday about this. He remembered the whole conversation. It was very funny. And whatever, he convinced me to give it a try. And thank the good Lord. It uh, changed my entire life in, in a very, very, beautiful way yeah so that's where that's where i am today how would you say it changed your life uh well i mean from the very get-go of ishator itself first of all you get to understand what it means in the gemara the talmud states in the the holy book of makos makos is one of the tractates in the 36 tractates of the babylonian talmud and uh, it says on page 10 it says that i learned a lot from my rabbis i learned a lot from my friends and from my students you know i learned more than more than everything and I learned the most of my students. It's not just a platitude. It's just like, oh, my students should like me. Like, you guys I learned the most from. You know, it's not, that's not what it is. It's a real thing. When you get into a room with 30 guys from all over the world, from all different backgrounds, it totally changes your perspective. And it, and it really, really opened my eyes to what it meant to learn. Like, even though I've been learning Torah, like, in an intense way, it, it, it totally opened me to ideas that I'd never even entertained. 
you know, like uh, Hellenism and uh, joining Christianity. I'm so sorry. That's not, that's, <laughs> yeah, some of those, Have a nice day, Rabbi Friedman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and this message is brought to you by. Anyway, so so that's uh, that. That was in a positive way. Very positive. Opened me up to caring a lot more about Claudia Soul, the Jewish people. Like I said, I was joking, but I wasn't when I said at 17 I cared, and then I stopped caring. Not that I didn't care anymore, but it wasn't to the forefront of my mind. But it certainly has uh, come back to the forefront that, you know, caring about the Jewish people and uh, more so. So that's, that's the beautiful way in which it's uh, changed tremendously for me. What do you think initially, like, attracted this rabbi to, to try to draw you in? Did he know you from somewhere? Did he think that you had a particular talent or penchant for this, or he was just desperate? Yeah. <laughs> that's such a brilliant question. And you're really, you're really breaking into the story. If I told you the whole story, it's, just, it's a long story. But if you do it like this, it makes it sound not as long. So he said to me, Rabbi Cowland, he said to me, he's trying to sell me on this. And I am looking like, like I'm like, as soon as I found out what he's doing, I was like, the whole time, I was looking at him like, what? And after like two minutes, I said, excuse me, so, I'm so sorry if I could just interrupt you. Do you not see my, do you not pick it up on the cues? Like, not interested. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we would switch seats here, I'd be like, get out of my office. Why are you still talking to me? So he said to me, I meet a lot of people. Because where McKellen's job was at the time, 13 years ago, 13 or 14 years ago, what it was, is to take the students of, of Aisha Torah and place them in different communities. Like, uh, for teaching roles. That, that's what he did. He was, a, he was a, like a job placement guy. And he said, a lot of people come into my office and they think that they can do this. But I, not everybody can. I don't think every, all of them can. There are others that come in that don't think they can. But I think that they can. You fall into the second category. So I said, at this, at this point, we've been speaking for maybe five minutes. And he was doing most of the talking. <laughs> so I said, you know me for two minutes. How could you even possibly suggest that I would have a chance in doing this? And I'm not even interested. You know, it's not, it's not like I, I'm, I'm, I'm the latter category of I don't think, not that I don't think I can, I didn't even think of it at all. So he said, I said, why would you say that after five minutes? He said, I meet a lot of people. And this is what I do. And now my job is to convince you to give it a try. That, that's what he said. So I said, listen, as long as we're clear that this is a waste of time and I'm wasting your time, I don't mind if you waste mine. So, okay, we'll, we'll wait. I'll, I'll, I'll hear you out. And that's how the conversation started. And I guess he was right. He convinced me, well, my wife and I, to go on a pilot trip to England like a week later. We were in England a week later. And we were, they wanted us to move to England. The whole thing was so bizarre because, <laughs> because I kept saying I'm not interested. Had he heard your impersonations before? Is that what uh, he was <laughs> He actually even said to me, he's like, when you, it's like when you go to England. To everybody a favor, no jokes about Americans and Englishmen. Like he was very like, you know, like, <laughs> like none of your stupid jokes, you know? So I was like, okay, man. Like, like I didn't even have any jokes. I didn't have any classes. I didn't have anything. I was just learning in yeshiva. I'd never did this before. But he sent me out there. I went out there and, and I actually met with Aftali Schiff, who was the head of HUK. And I, we sat down. It was a whole thing. It's a, again, long story, but in short, where they wanted us to move didn't make sense for us 
And so we ended up dropping the whole thing. Violated the terms of your parole or what was the? Well, yeah, that was, <laughs> was I was outside of the jurisdiction. It was all thing. And uh, ankle bracelets started beeping real loud in the airport, you know. Exactly. I was like, what is that noise? I was like, what? I'm like nothing. Stop looking at my leg, you know. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it just didn't work. It didn't, for whatever reasons, it didn't work out. And I came back to Israel and I started teaching in other places. That's when I had that short stint in other places for about a year. Not about a year, for a year. And after a year, I was looking again for a job. Whenever I got fired a few times, I don't go into it. And that was what I was kidding. And uh, <laughs> three times. And, and, I, and, I, and I ended up calling Rabbi Callan, you know, actually through my wife. Uh, she told me, call him, call him. I said, I'm not calling him. And she goes, call him. I'm like, I'm not calling him. She goes, call him. I said, you call him. So she called him. If she hadn't done it, I probably wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be, I mean, I, hopefully I'd be here, but I wouldn't be involved in Asia, in this beautiful place I've rented in order to, uh, you know, for this interview. No, but I, 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 I probably wouldn't be in Asia. So, so I ended up there and I ended up getting a job for the summer. So they weren't looking to hire people just for the summer. Well, and then completely we continued, and that's uh, that's where I am today. That's the short, the quick and easy. Beautiful. So, how did you start developing kind of your signature style, which uh, I would describe as you know three parts comedy show, one part Jewish <laughs> content. <laughs> I thought you were saying three parts comedy, one part something else, and zero parts content. This <laughs> yeah. is why people love it. Um, yeah. you, you know, you've obviously developed a signature style at this point, and people who um, will we'll mention later some places people can go to hear them online. But was humor something that was always a part of you, a part of your life? Were you the class clown growing up? Like, what was the? Uh, yeah. What was that role? Yeah, I was the uh, the director of the clowns in school. That's what I was. Um, it's it's a personality thing. I was always involved in humor. I guess the developing of the classes has been just through trial and error. Basically, it it wasn't really. And I say this to anybody who wants to teach. I say to them when they go, "What can I do to teach?" and whatever. I said, "Well, first of all, don't do the whole bar mitzvah thing." Yeah, and I don't care if you're religious or secular. You know what I'm talking about. Like we're like. You get up in front of everyone, you're like, um, parents and friends, um, in this week's uh, portion, I uh, would like to, like, don't do that. It's not a, uh, you know, talk to people, just talk to them, talk to them. When I teach, as you've seen, it's not like I'm, I'm scripting something and it's a, a lecture. It's I'm having a conversation like I'm having a one-on-one. Happens to be there could be 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 100 or 10,000 people <laughs> this happens to be that it never happened but it could be that there's 10,000 people in the I'm room glad you're, i'm glad your arithmetic skills are still fine <laughs> fine tuned exactly yeah so so whatever that was a development and it was uh you know my personality is my personality so i just it's just talking that's it i just i just i teach like i would talk with you that's it beautiful so would you say that growing up did you ever do anything with humor though specifically or any stand-up comedy or anything of that nature, performance, like, uh, you know, you incorporate a lot of voices and shtick into your, into your routine, if you will. Um, yeah, none of that was learned or, you know, gone. It's just from, just from life. Um, I was never in any sort of acting stuff. I was never in any sort of stand-up comedy. I don't want to say you either have it or you don't because you can develop certain ideas, but there is a concept of personality that you either have a certain type of personality or a different type of personality. My personality was always outgoing and uh, enjoyable. You know, I, I hope other people took it that way, but I meant to say, I meant, you know, like 
chill, just chill. Just live a life, enjoy yourself, let's have a good time, you know? To the extent that even when I was in yeshiva and I would give over what we would call like divrei halacha, you know, words of, of Jewish law, like um, more of the cut and dry stuff, which isn't like so entertaining, but people would walk out laughing when I'm talking about just Jewish law, you know, so, because it was just the way that I did it. You know, so Boy, he's terrible, Dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. He doesn't follow that law either, you know. But, uh, but that's that. That's just, uh, no, but I was not involved in any sort of whatever productions or comedy stuff or whatever it is, none of that stuff. Now, I'll, t- I'll tell you something else even. When people come and they, they want me to teach a lot of times, so, so, okay, a lot of people will find a lot of my stuff funny, and, and they'll say to me, okay, we want you to teach for our group and we want you to be funny. So, so I say, look, listen, it's not my thing. It's not like I'm not a comedian. I'm not writing lines. So for me, if you're looking for me to be funny, it's hard for me to do that. I'm not, I don't plan that. I just teach. I teach. And it happens to be my personality brings out the humor. So if someone's looking for the comedy, I, I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for comedians, not the ones that have like the, Thirty mouths or whatever, but but really, there's a lot of comedians out there. A lot of respect because you have to be writing material all the time to be funny. For me, I get the opportunity to just I'm teaching Torah. If it's not funny, fine. So I'm teaching Torah. If it is funny, great. So then you enjoy yourself, you know. So I don't have that pressure, so to speak, of a comedian. You know? right. I'm not out there to like do. Something. Have you ever thought of doing that at all, just on the side for fun? I'm sure it's been suggested. <laughs> Yeah, people suggest it all the time. You know, so somebody, somebody came over to me after a class. It was in, I remember it was in Herzliya, in a, a place called IDC. And, and after I taught that, this girl comes over to me and says, you know, you're in the wrong business. The way she said it, I thought like she didn't like the class. You know, so I was like, oh, like, I'm like you know, what should I? Quit your She's like, you should be a comedian. You should go into movies, whatever. So like, okay, people say it all the time. The answer is, like I said before, no, I have no interest in doing it at all. You know, um, if I happen to be in a place, like I was, in, I was not, not long ago, I was in South Africa, and we walk by a place where someone's like, this is a comedy club. It was like a thing. If I happen to be there and whatever it is, to just jump up and have a good time. So yeah, I'd probably just do such a thing like that. But it's not something which I would ever consider to do full time or, or something that I would, uh, you know, it's just not, it's not my thing. Not my thing. Teaching just pays too well. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know if you see my bling bling through the everything going on my, my computer and whatnot, but uh, see my chain? No? All right, there is none. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just not, not my thing. What kinds of topics do you enjoy teaching? Like, how did you develop some of the, some of the main topics? Yeah, you are good at this. Uh, the topics that I teach, pretty much all of them are personal topics. I mean, at this stage, it's hard for me to be able to necessarily pin down every one of them because of the fact that I've just been doing it for so long. But certainly in the beginning, I could have told you a story behind every class. Whatever I'm teaching about is something that I personally go through or am going through. Something Can you just I give me through. like you know, five or seven examples? I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, five or seven examples. I can, I can do it off the top of my head because of the things, okay? So uh, off the top of my head, number one is judging favorably. I have a whole class on judging favorably. Why? Because... I felt I wasn't judged favorably in a certain time, or I could be also seem very good because I don't judge as favorably as I should. But, but I think it was particular. Someone judged me in a way which I didn't like it. So I, so I started thinking about the concept. I was like, well, why would, it, why would somebody do that? And what does Judy have to say about the topic, et cetera, until you build it up? Anger management, right? I don't have a, an anger problem, but okay, fine, I do. But uh, you know, <laughs> arrogance, does that come from the arrogance and this and the other? 
I got upset or someone got upset at me. And what is that? Where does that come from? Where can we develop it? Can we learn it? Can we understand it from a, a Jewish perspective, from a psychological perspective, et cetera? Uh, power of speech. You know, we talk about the concept of how we talk. Is it important? Is it not important? We've said things that have insulted people and people have said things that have insulted me, right? So, so I get the idea, hey, let's, let's learn a little bit about the idea, right? Small steps to big success. You know, we take on too much and then you burn out. So take a little bit less. So how does that develop? Or is it just such a thing like that? And, and, and so on and so forth. I mean, this is, I only gave you four, but I'm welcome to give you another 30 if you want to have titles. You know what I'm saying? Uh, based on Migdash, I have a class on the temple. Why? The temple, the whole class is developed on what does it even mean? Because if you asked me, even though I grew up as a religious Jew my whole life, I had no clue what it means, the temple, you know? So I learned for it myself. And once I get it myself, I'm like, hey, by the way, what's the point of the temple? And everyone goes, yeah, good question. I'm like, yeah, I know, because I had the same question. And then we develop. So they're all personal. When people ask me to give classes, they want me to give, like, can you give this particular class that this guy teaches, use his material and give it over, right? I, the canned good stuff, the answer is no, I can't. I mean, I, I could, I can say it back. But it's very hard for me, unless I take it, learn it, and I can relate to it, and it's something that I can make my own. So that's where that's where I've developed my my stuff, my material, and and uh, over the past couple of years, I've developed a lot more because of just life. Just pay attention to life, how it goes, and how we can work on ourselves, how we can change, we can become better, etc. How we can become worse, and uh, and that's 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 how I develop my classes. Is there is there a favorite one that you have? If there's um, there are favorite categories, and they're and they're generally not under the category of humor. My my particular favorites are much more thinking based, which is hard because some of the groups I get are like nine in the morning, ten in the morning, you know. They're on. They're on <laughs> I say some of the groups you get are really dumb. <laughs> okay, that's another way of saying it. I like to say it differently. It's the morning. You know? Judging favorably. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get angry at them. But for this group, but, it's always um, the morning. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It's always the night. That's the problem. The middle of the night. But uh, the favorite type of topics are, are thinking topics. Thinking, 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 thinking. You have to think a little bit. Unfortunately, we go through life now where people just don't think. They just don't think. And, you know, I talk now like when I was a lad, I remember we all used to think. No, it, it, when I was a kid. So we didn't have like all these all these different gadgets and these different things. We didn't have this stuff, right? So if somebody wanted to really waste away, in all seriousness, thank God I never got involved with this, but people either got stoned or they got drunk and you put yourself away from any sort of thought process. Now, you don't have to do that anymore because you could just watch other people getting stoned and drunk, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, on YouTube or whatever, and they just waste away your time. Um, my particular favorite is to talk about thinking. That's the idea. Thinking, opening your mind, using your mind. And that, that's one. And then the other concepts is, I would say, my whole goal in everything I teach is what we call paradigm shifts. But if you know how to spell, it's paradigm. Paradigm shift. <laughs> the, uh, paradigm shift. Of understanding you thought it was one way, let's see what it's really all about. What would be an example of a, of a paradigm shift? Oh, well, the, the paradigm shift would be an idea of, let's say, What's the ultimate goal for uh, Judaism? If I can give a shout out to Rabbi Klatsko, Rabbi Benzion Klatsko, who I'm sure you know well, and many people are on the podcast, of course. Ah, nice, beautiful. Now everyone knows him, you know, (laughs) all 12 people. (laughs) 15 and growing quickly. (laughs) No, my kids are watching. I met the 12 kids. (laughs) So, slowly but surely, (laughs) Klatsko, one thing that I heard from him which is not what we would call a novelty, 
but unfortunately it's so uh, misconstrued is what is Judaism altogether? What is it? So whereas many people look at Judaism as a religion and as, as rules, is a paradigm shift of maybe it's not rules, maybe look at it a little differently. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe the idea of everything in life you could look at in two ways. Yeah, You look at someone as, wow, you know, that person is so tardy. They're so, you know, they're so late to everything. Or you could say they're a free spirit, right? You could say a person is so messy. You could say, oh, they're so creative, right? So you can look at Judaism as it's so restricting or, wow, there's so many guidelines to help me get somewhere, right? So it's, it's, uh, that would be one, I guess, probably one of the biggest paradigm shifts that I, that I see when I teach is that element of just understanding what Judaism is. And this goes across the spectrum. People that grew up from a completely secular, for those who grew up very, very religious, sometimes we miss the goal. We get so caught up in the details that we miss the bigger picture of what it's about. And I'm not saying the details aren't important. They're important. But the bigger picture is the ultimate connection and relationship with the creator of the world. So I would say that that would be one. It's not restrictive. It's not outdated. It's actually very relevant to your life in 2012. And now we're in 2018. <laughs> now that would be one of the paradigm shifts. Uh, I think yeah. another one that I've encountered, you know, and hearing you has been that it seems like you like to break down stereotypes and sort of traverse those gaps that, that often, unfortunately, that separate people and certainly within the Jewish people, so many rifts and, and such a, uh, so many gaping caverns really between different kinds of Jews, if I could be poetic. Um, yeah, I thought you said so many gaping capes. Yeah. <laughs> the capes are just gaping. But you know, how do you actually go about doing that? And if that's something that's important to you, why is it important to you? So crucially important to me. And I, and I know why I know you're coming from because one of the classes we often do when, when you bring groups is that of a connection to judging favorably and understanding people and knowing where they're coming from and recognizing their backgrounds. Yeah, I, it's interesting you mentioned that. That's one, probably one of my biggest things that I do. And I'll come into a room, and when, when I walk into the room, they'll be a little bit uh, nervous if I come in with my, my black hat and, uh, you know, swinging the sitsis a little bit, you know, like, what are you doing? I specifically like to walk in with a black hat for them to see me and to stereotype me. Look at me, watch me, stereotype me. And then let me start talking with you. And then you're going to start to see, wait a minute, this guy's not what I thought he was. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe these people you know, that we call religious or orthodox or right wing or fanatic or Taliban, was that too far? Right? Or, you know, or whatever you call it, maybe they're, they're people just like I'm a person and they're also a person. And, and I think it breaks down those barriers. Now you say like, what's important about that is like, <laughs> I don't want to sound too cliche here. It's what I do. I want to sound cliche. We're meant to be a family. When I say that's the reality, the Jewish people are meant to be. We are. We're a little dysfunctional, but, uh, but we're a family. And, and you have to understand that like, get to know me a little bit. If you want to hate me, that's fine. But first know me and hate me. Don't just hate me before you know me. You understand? People are people. They put on different costumes. They, they have different backgrounds. At the end of the day, everybody just wants to be happy. You want to have a family. You want to make a, a living. You want to get along. So just stop fighting. I think uh, who is our buddy who said, stop with the fighting, stop with the pain, right? Enough of that. And so that's, yeah, that is a very big paradigm shift. To look at me, judge me, hear me, and see me totally differently. And I think that would open up the way the whole world, that's not just a Jewish thing, this is the entire world can learn from such an idea. That would be, that would be big time, big time. Are there ways that you think that 
either you have already or or can that try to export that message in other ways in other realms of your life besides the teaching that you're doing but are there other places in your life where that ethos if you will express itself you know in other other contexts reword it reword the question i don't want to okay <laughs> well in that case i would say seven <laughs> i'll just word it <laughs> that's the number what do you mean? what's what's the question where, the question is like this are there other places in life that you can bring outside of the classroom that you feel that especially being in israeli society which is unfortunately so polarized are there other ways that you feel that you either can or want to try to traverse those gapes those gaps I mean, this is a very, very big question. I happen to have um, my study partner, my Chavusa, uh, Shimi Kaufman is his name. Him and his partner, E.T.L. Goldberg, started a thing in Asia called Aish Israel. But that's exactly what they're aiming at doing now. And, they're, and thank God, they're, they actually are making a lot of headway in this, of connecting Jews with their heritage and allowing them to, to see from a different perspective, what Judaism is about through different educational models of either, I don't know what the word you'd call, I don't know what they call it, but like meet and greets. You know, you have religious and secular people. How do you say that in Hebrew, meet and greet? Meet and greet, you know, my friend Dudu, you know. So that's a different ideas like that. It's simply just being I don't want to use this line, but I'm going to, but just being a good person, whatever that means. For more on that, come to Asia Torah, right? Or more, because I say this is more ink, right? But simply being a good person. I spoke with a guy today, amazing. This guy is amazing. A guy came to see me. I don't know why he came to see me. He said he preferred to speak in person. I think we could have spoken over the phone, but he actually <laughs> came in. He was, I don't want to say where, but he was in Israel but about 45 minutes away from where I am. He called me up. I had never met him before. He saw some of my classes online. He said he wanted to talk to me. So I said, okay. He came in, we met, and he told me how like, he, he's a religious Jew, and now he's working in an Israeli company with um, primarily secular Israelis. He's a religious guy. He wants to know like, if I had any advice, what to do, what not to do, et cetera, how to interact. He didn't even need me to say anything because he said it himself. He said that, so many walls and barriers are broken down just by him being, just by being him being, behaving in a night in a good way, in an appropriate fashion, uh, speaking in a very refined way, um, treating others with respect in a way that they themselves start to then come closer to him and say, hey, you know, like, what's this all about? Whereas they never would have spoken if they walked by each other in the street, you know? Yeah, one has a kippah, a yarmulke, beanie, capel, whatever you call this thing, sombrero, pequeño, you know? and the other guy's not wearing any of them, they're not talking. Hey, but you know what? If you just behave a certain way, which is some sort of menschlichkeit, you translate that, right? Just, just behave like a human being, you know? And people pick up on that, and they want to connect. Be a good person, you know what I'm saying? Respect people. I think that's the Mishnah Novos, right? It's going to say, Ezemuchubad, who, who is an honorable person, someone who honors other people. When you honor other people, people start to, to earn their respect, their trust, and it breaks down barriers. What do you think uh, is next on the horizon for you? I mean, do you see yourself doing kind of the teaching thing for a long time? Do you see yourself engaging other projects, new ideas, new projects, new frontiers? Are there any emerging passions, if you will, in the Ravgov orbit? Uh, I, I've recently started a business uh, in Colorado, Seattle, and uh, California, which I can't go into right now. But <laughs> besides that company, which is just flowering beautifully, 
high. <laughs> it gets me so high to think about it. Import, um, import export. Yeah. That's right. Let's call it that. Anyway, I, uh, no, I have no idea what's going to be. I have no clue. I, I plan on doing what I'm doing and hopefully doing it on a bigger capacity. We've been having a lot of talks with a bunch of my colleagues and, and how can we go bigger? How can we reach more Jews to be able to learn more about the heritage and about the background and, and, and to know what Judaism is all about? This medium that we're doing right now is a tremendous one. You know, um, podcasts or different little clips, videos, the, the ways of, of getting out the message. The basic simple idea, similar idea is what I'm doing already, but to, to, to try to, uh, what's the word, you know, the fancy word is to use <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> how to utilize and, you know, how to utilize the tools that we have around us to do it. So, so you're asking, what do I see in the future? I have, I have no idea. Um, I don't have any other plans on the horizon other than to do what I'm doing now and hopefully up my game to be able to impact people positively on a, on a grander scale. Well, right now you're doing it in, in the best place on earth, right? You're overlooking the Western Wall. Hard to yeah. get a better office than that. What's that like, just going to work every day in the most magical place on earth? Oh, so, <laughs> exactly. I was going to say Mickey is wonderful. <laughs> and Pluto was great until they demoted him from being a planet. Um, but, uh, you know, today, unfortunate reality is that like anything in life, I wish I could say, oh my gosh, it's magical. Oh, it's just like every day, man, I feel like I'm getting closer and closer. But, but the reality is- your other business now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And back to that one. And I'm, I'm there every day. When you're there every day, I'm there, but you know, I'm there for a lot. So you get used to it. You get used to it. It's a sad thing. You get used to it. It's amazing when you ask me what's it like. It's amazing. But you get used to it. When you get used to it, it becomes a little more difficult to appreciate. <laughs> You know, and I, and I get what makes it easier is when people come, when students come, and you watch them to live vicariously through them. It, it reignites. They're like, whoa. And you're like, you know what? Yeah, whoa. You're right. Whoa. It's an amazing place. Uh, the energy of the area, you never get, uh, you never get uh, tired of. The energy is amazing, meaning there's people from all over the world, all different shapes and sizes, not to get too personal, but uh, <laughs> that, uh, backgrounds, religions, people. It's an exciting place. It's never, it's never a boring day. But in terms of the Kedusha, the holiness, the sanctity that you have to tap into in order to tap into, he's got to focus. If a person doesn't focus, then you don't got it. That's the reality. So, uh, Rob Gob, we got uh, in wrapping up. I know you have a little routine or shtick that you do at the end of your classes. You like to uh, summarize the contents of said talks very quickly, rapidly, if you will. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to challenge you. Would you like to try to summarize our discussion today? <laughs> Are you serious? You want me to do that? I would love to, if you could <laughs> do that. That would be crazy if I could do, do that. Though. 20 minutes and it'll sound live because I'll just splice it together. <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay, let's not give it a try. I don't let's know. Let's do it, baby. Able. Yes, let's wrap it up. So here we go. So we start from the beginning, very simply put, understanding the fact about where I'm coming from, my background, where I get to the end, I got a wooden New York, putting myself up until eventually I ended up in Israel through the idea of the But then we went a little further. We said, how to get involved in Asia Torah and the different things that I'm doing. So we went through the idea of simply put, I wasn't involved altogether. I was learning cola, but a customer of mine, the president of the music, I killed Jamie County. I mean, one of them says, well, I'm not even interested in the first place. Why are you having me in my office, waste my time, waste your time, go to England? Before you know it, at the end of the day, I'm not even involved in England whatsoever. Forget the whole thing, come back a year later, and think the good Lord, 11 and a half years later, here I am. 
I mean, humor is something which is important to me, but I would say I'm a comedian. I would say the fact that at the end of the day, this is something which I like to go and be funny, but it's not something which I go and I push and I drive and I really admire the people that are doing this concept. But you watch your mouth a little bit. Don't speak so dirty. Right? But instead, that's what I did with the things. And then if it does go well, he said, a little bit of Torah. Okay, so I see that a little bit further after. Oh, no, I got Blakey a little bit of the last question. What was the next one? Ah, okay, so different classes I have, different things I like to teach you, the things that you understand, like the things that have happened to me that are important to me that I've lived in my life from personal goes to them personally, and obviously I'm going to do it differently. I got angry at some things, I got a small sense of success, or something favorably, or anger management, like we said a little bit of small sense. These are the things, or, or a power of speech. These are things that I myself have gone through, so if I go through, I can only tell other people as well. Yes, a paradigm shift, a paradigm shift in a way that people see the idea of what Judaism is about. It's a relationship. And yes, you're right, also bringing the stereotypes that people put on my hat, jump up a little bit, come back down, get my hat. I see that when a person goes to see, now you just bring up a little more. It's going to see a little bit of my friends when we go home, we actually love it. Not only in the classroom itself, but it's just be a man, just be a human being, just be something that's wonderful and great. And the person does such a thing, wow, how different the world would be. There's one last thing which I forgot, but I think that was decent. Yes. Fantastic. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you know, I only had to give you three and a half hours offline to, uh, to come back and do that. That was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that was actually on demand. Very impressive. And uh, Rob Gov, let the adoring audience know where can they consume you or at least your, uh, your content. So, I do have to say something before. It's very important to know something. I, I don't want to say where I was. I was somewhere recently. And... Uh, there was a person there that had seen one of my classes, presentations, whatever you want to call it, lectures, and he very much enjoyed it. It was very funny. It was very inspiring. Very, uh, it was incredible, of course. <laughs> so I went to a community recently, and this woman told me, she says to me, you know, I want to tell you something. The classes you have online. I said, yeah. She goes, they're horrible. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my goodness. I was, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh okay, what's horrible about it? She goes, I came home raving to my husband about I met this rabbi in Israel who was so funny. So I sat him down and I found you online and it just wasn't funny. And you should just know you should, that stuff is just, you should take it all off. I was like, okay, thank you so much. Thank you. I'll tell you, this is the problem. It's a totally different world if you come to my class in person or you're watching something online. Totally different experience. Totally different experience. The stuff, I'll tell you where to find these stuff online. It's, if you're looking for a comedy show, it's not going to be there. It's, it's, it's real stuff. There might be humor in it. I, you know, have to take a look at yourself and see it. Come, you want to see it and really get the real deal? Come to Israel, right? Come to Israel. Come to the old city and you'll get the real deal. But if you're not coming, so you look online, go on YouTube, Rav Gav, R-A-V-G-A-V. Just look it up. I don't have a page yet until you make me one. But just search my name, either R-A-V-G-A-V or Gavriel Friedman. That would be spelled as it sounds. If you can't spell it, then don't watch my stuff, right? That's uh, Gavriel Friedman. <laughs> Back to that thinking. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Gavriel Friedman. It's Friedman, I'll give it to you, is fried man. It's, you're going back to my other business. F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. That's Gavriel Friedman or Rav Gav on, on, on YouTube. And that's got a lot of stuff in there. A lot of stuff in there. There's a lot of stuff going on over there. there are a couple of short clips. Most of them are like between 45 minutes and an hour. And uh, if you're looking to think and grow just a little bit, that would be... Uh, a couple of addresses. If you really want more, you're welcome to uh, contact uh, you personally and uh, you'll get more. <laughs> Beautiful. Rabbi Gabriel Freeman, Rav Gav, thank you so much for joining us and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Yeah, very good. To, it's amazing. Thank you so much. And I guess we'll do this again uh, next week. I think <laughs> you know it, baby. Not, not recorded, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> 
This has been Ari Koretsky on Jews You Should Know. Please visit us at JewsYouShouldKnow.com and subscribe at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you consume podcasts. Find us on social media at JewsYouShouldKnow. If you'd like to become a supporter of this podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. And you can do so by visiting Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash JewsYouShouldKnow. Finally, if you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and introduce many more people to Jews You Should Know.